I can sing that song the rest of my life and be happy. Hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord. Oh, that's such a great song to just... Hey, Junior, don't stop, man. Keep going, brother. That's good stuff. I, I can't thank you enough, Father, for that song and just the principles behind that song and how important it is for us to always revere you, to always adore you, to always worship you, to love you, to respect you, to fear you, and a fear that, that, that of an awness of just how, how amazing and awesome and majestic and wonderful and immaculate your splendor is or your glory is. We have no concept on this earth of how wonderful your glory is. We think we have an idea, but we don't even come close to it. Lord, help us to reflect your love that when people see us, they can see the love of God through us. Teach us that. All of us need to practice that. And we're not perfect at it. We struggle at times because we deal with all the problems of this world and all the strife and struggle of this life. But we have to understand, Lord, that at the end of the day, when we focus on you and when we lift our eyes to you up to the heavens and who you are, we start learning who we are. And we learn how to think. And we learn what to do. And we learn how to love. I thank you that this, this body of your sons and daughters, your saints are here. I pray that today they are blessed before even the word has been given because they've released whatever struggles they've had through worship or prayer. And Lord, I pray now that as I speak today, that I speak from your throne, from your heart, so, so your sons and daughters can receive your word so they can live a better life this week and be the salt and the light of this world. In Jesus' name and all of God's people say, Give God a praise offering. He's worthy of praise. You guys are welcome to have a seat. Man, I tell you what, mocos and makeup all over the place. I say that all the time. That just means bookers and makeup. That's all that is. Hey, before I get started, I cannot thank this, this body of saints enough. Two weeks ago, we kept talking about backpacks, 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 backpacks. We only had seven backpacks. Last week, backpacks, backpacks, backpacks. We only had 20 backpacks. Today we have over 100 backpacks. So thank you. I want to thank you for that. I will tell you, Mel said something profound to me. She was preaching to me earlier here today. She said, you know, the way you change lives is by giving. And I was like, oh, Mel, that's wonderful. So you're going to change 100 kids' lives. You're ne they're never going to know you. They're never going to see you. But you will have changed their life because a kid is going to have not just a backpack, a really nice backpack with a lot of great stuff. So I am grateful and I'm thankful and I'm honored to be your pastor, to be your coach, to be your friend, to know that that's who you guys are. You guys know the word. You understand the word. You, you, are, you live the word. You, 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 are the, you are his church and he builds people. He doesn't build buildings. He builds people. And because he's built you, you, you're gracious, you're generous, and you're grateful. So can you give yourself a round of applause? Father, I thank you for this church, and I thank you for who they are and what they do. In Jesus' name. Whew. 
Well, uh, I'm really excited about, before I get started in this, I'm really excited about the ministry for marriage. It's, we had a meeting on Friday, and there were six couples, and, and we're just in prayer and just, just learning a lot of stuff. Between those six couples, we have over 207 years of experience in marriage. So, so I'm telling you, if you want to be part of this marriage ministry and come and learn and, and grow together, the, the, it's for you. Now, I want you to understand, it's not just for married couples. Those of you that are married, you need, you need to show up. Now, now, well, hold, hold, before the guy runs away, hold on for a second. I just realized that. I'm married. Oh, we've just been dating two weeks. My wife probably want to wait on that one, okay? But, but you need to come. And, and if, if, you're, if you're single, I think you should come also. I think you'll get a good understanding of what the kingdom marriage looks like. So uh, we started going into it, and it is one of the best, if not, I don't know, I'll say, I'll say it's the best material I've ever heard, read, seen in marriage. So I really encourage you to strengthen your marriage. God wants to strengthen everybody's marriage. Can I hear an amen of that? So, so please, please come. Yes, please come. I think it's a great thing to have. All right, so this series, so last time we talked, I talked just a little bit about the three things about the book of Proverbs. We're in the book of Proverbs. Today we'll talk about friendship. Next week we'll talk about family and what the Bible and the book of Proverbs says about family. It's a really good topic. The following week we'll talk about, I think it's words, your words, how important your words are and what the Bible says about that. Then we'll talk about uh, work and your work, and then wealth. We'll cover those topics and what the Bible says about, about, about all of that through wisdom. And wisdom is a wonderful thing to have. We learned three things last week, if you remember. One, the book of Proverbs, they're, they're Proverbs, they're not promises. So don't confuse the two. They're principles of life that you should have in your life that God has for you to, to learn from. It's not a promise, okay? So, so don't, don't take something from it and say, oh, this is a promise. No, it's, it's a principle that we should practice. Uh, we also learned that Proverbs is a great thing because it shows you about intimate relationships. Because most of the book is written by Solomon. He writes it to his son. So when we look at that, it's a father talking to his son, giving him wisdom. Well, the Holy Spirit is showing us this is God the Father talking to you as his son and as his daughter, giving you wisdom. I love wisdom. It's probably one of my favorite topics in the Bible next to grace. Grace and then wisdom, are, those are two of my favorite topics. Because I've, I've learned through the years how valuable wisdom is. It's made me a better man. So, so when you receive grace... From the Lord, you, you, you receive something you can't earn, and it's wonderful. But when you start walking in wisdom, you start having influence in lives, in your life. God, God influences your life through his language, his vernacular of wisdom, and he wants to give you that because he wants to give you all the tools that you need in life to be successful. If you love your child, say, I do. Right. So if you love your child and you do, you want, you want your children to be successful. Yes or no? 
And if you want them to be successful, you need to do everything you can to train them in the ways of the Lord, to train them in the ways of grace, to train them in the ways of wisdom. Because as they start learning to practice and live and experience and share wisdom, their life will radically change. And that's what we all want for our children. That's what all of us want. So God the Father, the intimate, loving Father that he is, says, son, you, this is what I, honey, this is what I want you to have. This is so important in your life because the choices you make will determine the path you will live. So I say again, choose wisdom. And the final thing we learned before I get into today's topic is this. Wisdom isn't just a... A characteristic, it's not just a core value of God. Wisdom is also a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And wisdom, when you look at Christ, you look at who Jesus is, I just want you to know the beauty of Christ, right? So Jesus is God in the flesh, all right? Born of a woman, so I want you to think about that. The woman carries, Mary carried the X chromosome. I'm not, I'm not a scientist. I don't know what the X means, but it's a, they told me it's an X. Right? And, and then now Jesus from carries the Y chromosome through the Holy Spirit. The Y chromosome of Jesus is God. So here is God in the flesh, the X and the Y chromosome together in one man. And this is what makes the blood of Jesus so perfect. Because the blood of Jesus has the Y chromosome of God, which is the holiness of God. And that's why he's perfect. So when the blood of Jesus was poured on this earth for us, poured for your, for your sins, it forgave all of your sins. Because only God can do that. So it wasn't a, just any blood. It was the, a, the blood that had the Y chromosome of God through the Holy Spirit. That, that's just mind-blowing. I can't even comprehend that. It, it's, it's too much to understand. But I know I need that. And so with God, with Christ, you see the beauty of his wisdom in that chromosome and all of that. It gives, in essence, the the beauty of God in our lives. So today I ask you to bring your family, bring your sons and daughters, because they need to hear this message. I'm going to speak as an old man who's 50. I'm not old, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm older. I'm older. I'm 59. This topic on friendship, hear me. I come from experience of a guy who's coached teenagers for 30 plus years. I have seen friends come into players' lives, into students' lives, and bless their lives and take them to another level. I have also seen in 30 years of experience of teenagers You may have a teenager, but your teenager is only a teenager from 13 and 19. So you've only had seven years of experience there, okay? I've had 30 years of experience. I have seen young men choose the wrong friend and ruin their life. I have seen it. I have seen it with my own eyes. I I have tried to tell young men. I've tried to tell them, son, hey, I'm your coach. I'm not your dad, but I'm going to tell you, don't hang around that guy right there. You hang around that guy, your life is going to be ruined. I speak from wisdom. I speak from experience. You're going to go down the wrong path. So when I speak this message today, 
I don't just come with the, the word of God is enough. The word of God is enough. But I'm going to add my 30 years of experience to that to help you understand how important choosing your friends are. Because you get to choose them. And if you don't use wisdom, you're headed down a path of destruction. The Bible says there's only two roads. One is wide and one is narrow. One leads to destruction and one leads to life. And at the end of the day, I know, I know what I know when I say this. Young people think they know a lot because they have technological experience that we don't even at an earlier age. They grew up with technology and we didn't. That technology doesn't give you wisdom. It doesn't. It doesn't. Experience gives you wisdom. What gives you wisdom is falling flat on your face and realizing, not doing that one again. <laughs> Stupidity is falling flat on your face and going, can't wait to do it again. That's, a, that's the difference. Okay, so just no. We're all laughing because been there, done that. We've all done that. And now that we've done that, we're going, nah, if I could do it all over again, I would do it differently. So then God gives you a child and you go, okay, I'm going to do it differently through them. And they go, mom, dad, you don't know what you're talking about. So, so there's this battle. So, oh, by the way, that's next week's message on, on family. Because next week I, I've got a great message on family. But today's on, 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 on friendship. So truth number one that I want to tell you today is this. Choose your friends intentionally. I, I'm going to ask you that, and I'm speaking, the, the young, the, the, the young uh, people here don't understand this yet. But I'm here to tell you, I don't think the old people understand this yet. Do you have a plan for friendship? Do you have a strategy for friendship? Are you intentional about it? Or you just go, eh, let's be friends. I don't have enough friends, so I'm going to have friends. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to show you today the importance of intentionality, of having a strategy, of making sure you understand the different levels of friendships. Because there's a difference between a friend and then there's difference between a brother. There's difference between, between a tribe and a family. There's difference between a team, a tribe, and a family. There's a difference between a cohort and a companion versus a friend. So there's concentric circles of friendship. There's different levels of it. And if you don't have a strategy and if you don't have a plan for your friendship, you're going to get in the wrong car at the wrong time with the wrong people doing the wrong things and the next 40 years of your life will be radically changed. Come on, somebody say amen to that. We know this. We've heard this. We've experienced this. We understand this. But no, popularity is more important than protection as a young person. Hear what I just said. Popularity is more important than protection. But as you get older, you understand protection is more important than popularity. Why do I, why the shift? Because of wisdom. Because of experience. You understand and go, man, I I did not know that. I know things now to help me understand this, okay? So let me first say this. God is a God that's relational. You are wired to be relational. God has made you relational. God didn't need anything else to be God. God had everything he needed to be God, but God wanted relationships, so he made man and woman in whose image? In his image. And when he made them in his image, he wired them and wired us never to be alone. 
If you look at the Garden of Eden, sin was not the first problem in the Garden of Eden. What? Sin was not the first problem in the Garden of Eden. The first problem in the Garden of Eden was solitude. God saw that everything was good. It was good. It's good. It's good. It's good. On the first, it's good. Second day, it's good. It's good. Then it was not good. What do you mean it was not good? God saw Adam, and God saw that Adam was alone. And when God saw that Adam was alone, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Do I need to say any more? The kid, the kid even agrees. Yeah, I need another brother. Whoa, mom and dad. It's another story. <laughs> it's not good. God said there... This is the, he needs a companion. He needs a friend. He needs someone by his side. God is wired for relationships. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, the Trinity in one, relationships. So you are meant to have friends. God just wants you to choose wisely. And if you choose wisely, Oh, you'll experience the beauty of friendship. I believe friendship is a wonderful gift from God. I have had and have many friends, and, and you might too. But as we start going through this, you're going to start understanding that there's, there, there's a difference. There's a different level of friends. So if you don't have boundaries... If you don't have a param parameters, if you don't have strategies on who's where and where am I, look, so, so I'll give you a good example. Like, so I've, I've, I've been in big churches, blah, blah, blah. And, and I, I'll never forget there was one time in, at CBC in the Spanish church, one lady comes up and says, Pastor, you're our pastor, so how come you don't spend more time with us? I'm like, well, how come I don't spend more time with you? What's your name? Um, seriously, it's like, I mean, I mean, in CBC, there's a lot of people. What's your name? Well, my name is this. And Pastor, you need to spend time with us. You need to come over our house with our family. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I appreciate that. That means a lot. But no. And she got offended by that. Here's why she got offended. She wanted me to be her friend or us to be their friends. Well, my gosh. I can't be a, that friend to every one of you. You understand what I'm saying? I, I, I've got to, I, I, there's only a certain group of friends, 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 friends that I've got. And same goes for you. So, so as that person wanted to get in the inner circle, and the reality of it is that person is not in the inner circle because today's the first day I just found out what your name was. And how am I just going to let you in? Here's a life principle. Just because they're your friends doesn't mean they're in your inner circle. You have to learn the distinction between who you're going to allow in your inner circle. Who are those people that are that tight and that close? So, so. How do we learn this? So here's an interesting thing. In John chapter 15, Jesus gives a definition of friendship. He gives a definition of friendship, and here's what he says in John 15. I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. 
Who's he telling that to? He's telling that to his 12 disciples. He says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. And then he gives a definition of a friend. He says, because I have not hidden anything from you that the Father has revealed to me. What he's basically saying is true, true, true intimate friendship is that there is so much transparency that you share life together and you don't hide or hold anything back, that there's no secrets within that. So when that lady says, I wanna, we want to be your friends, I'm like, I don't even know you. I'm not going to give you all my secrets. I'm not going to share everything with you. But Jesus does that to these 12 men. So if you know, and I've given this before, some of you have heard this, but not all of you have heard this. When you look at Jesus Christ, because again, wisdom is a person. Wisdom is Jesus Christ. The book of Proverbs points to Jesus Christ. All of the Old Testament points to Jesus Christ. So if wisdom is a person and it's Jesus Christ, let's look at Jesus. How did Jesus pick his friends? What did Jesus do? Jesus ministered to thousands of people. That is out, that's his outer circle. And they wanted to be Jesus' friend. Jesus to the crowd, he preached to them, he loved them, he healed them, he blessed them, he fed them. Jesus did that. Jesus preached in parables to them. But they weren't in his intimate group. Are you hearing me? Think about you. Think about all the influence you have. Think about all the people you know. If you were to sit all the people you know in one room and sit down and you're going to start talking to them, you, your acquaintances, some of you are co-workers, some of you are neighbors, you know, you have those people. And it's a wonderful thing to have influence. But just because you have influence, wisdom says don't pick all of them to be your friends. Facebook messes all this up. Oh, it really does. Facebook messes it up because I can be your friend and like you. And you, bing, like me. That's it. We're buddies. No, we're not. We're not buddies. He's my friend. I'm not your friend. You say we're friends, but I don't know you. But now social media has really confused the, the reality versus the virtual life and then the, rea the real life. And it's like they start merging together. But wait a minute. Hold on. So let's just take Facebook. The average American has about, well, I say the average. The older American has about, because Facebook is not a planet for the young people. It's a planet where the old people hang around, right? So this, I'm speaking to the old people. But, but Instagram, TikTok, all that, that that's a different, those are different planets, different friends, all that, right? But, but Facebook, the average American has between 300 to 400 friends. Now you're looking at yourself, I'm below average. <laughs> stop it. I'm above average. Stop it. Just stop. Just stop. Don't do this. Stop doing that. So let's say you have 400 friends. All right, that's great, right? So let's just use Facebook as an example. And let's say when Jesus preached, that's his Facebook, all right? Just, just saying that, right? So that crowd is his Facebook friends. That's, that's, he gives parables. But then he had within that group, within that, there was a group of 70 that he had. And the 70 were his servants. 
Those were disciples. They were servants. Jesus sent them out two by two. They did ministry. They did things for Christ in the name of Christ. Now, the difference between the 400 and the 70 is here he preaches to them. Here he sends them. See a difference? There's, a, there's another level. There's a more intimate level. The 70 get to spend, they get a little bit closer with Christ. But they're not all the way in because there's still two other circles with Christ that you have to start looking and understanding who are my 400, who are my 70. Who are the ones that I'm going to let in a little bit from the 400 and we're going to do things together. But, but, but you're not the third circle, which is the 12. Those, those, there's the crowd. They're the servants. And they're the, those are the friends, the 12. Because he says, I no longer call you servants, which are the 70. I don't call you a crowd. He doesn't say that, but I'm, I'm inferring that. That's me, not, not Jesus. I call you friends because I share everything with you. I hide nothing from you. The, what I get from the Father, I share to you. Those are the 12. That's where he's transparent, and that's wisdom. And what does he do with them? So he preaches the parables to the crowd, to the 400. You're 400, right? But he explains what the parables are to the 12. He doesn't explain that to the crowd. He doesn't get into amazing training with the crowd. He just preaches to the crowd. But he's training the 12. Because it's those 12 that are going to change, not a crowd, but it's those 12 that he's going to duplicate himself and he's going to change the world with those 12. And he spends every single day with them for three and a half years. He doesn't stop spending that time with them. He gets, they get into the weeds and it's a, it's a lot deeper. So as you start looking at yourself, who are your 400? How different are your 400 from your 70? Who are your 70, and how different are they from the 12? If the 12 are like the 400, and the 400 like, a tw like the 12, you're going to lose your mind. And not only will you lose your mind, I will tell you that that is foolishness. Because you will not be able to sustain that. Everybody understand that? You have to have, wisdom says, you have to have an intentionality and you have to have a distinction between all of them. And then Jesus has the three. Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John were part of the crowd at one point. Not really, but no, they really weren't. But, but, but you see the difference. There's the crowd, there's... The servants, there's the friends. The three, that's his family. Not only does Jesus share the teachings to the 12. Not only does Jesus pour out what Father tells him to the 12. Jesus shares his feelings, his struggles his issues, his concerns with the three. And it is healthy for you to have that deepest inner circle of all, 
that are those people that you could throw up on. You could take off your mask. Jesus literally took off his mask with these three. In the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus takes off his flesh and he reveals his glory to those three. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He takes off, he takes off his flesh and he reveals his glory. He reveals who he really is and they're there. And then he sees Moses and they see Moses and Elijah and it's like, wow, they got to watch that. Jesus, it's not that Jesus didn't keep secrets from the 12. There's just a distinction between the 12 and the 3. And can I tell you something? You will become like the 3 that you pick. Those 3 are the ones that are going to lead you. Oh, I got so much to tell you on that one. That's kind of truth two and three. But before I move on, I ask this question. Do you have a plan for your friends? Do you have a distinction between the crowd, those you work with, your friends, and then your family? And what you're going to learn today is this. Those three... When I say they're family, they're brother, they're friends that stick closer than brothers. And the Bible says that. Because sometimes, family's next week. Oh, that one's going to. So wait till I get to that one. But, but it, it's an interesting thing because all of a sudden you, you, you start gaining influence. When you start gaining influence, everybody wants to be at your table. Everybody wants to be at your table. And you, I, I've, I've lost a lot of quote, unquote, friends in their eyes because, whoa, you're not going to get in my inner circle. And they want to get in my inner circle. You're not going to get in my inner circle. I, I, I don't tell them that, but I, some people would say, I ghost them. That's, that's the term today. Boo. Okay. That's what that is, and I boo you. No. No. But 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 it's like hey I I I've, I've already I've already got I've already got my people I already got my guys and I want you to know this the 400 they come and go the 70 they come and go because they think well, well they're in the 70 they want to get in the 12 and they're not in the 12 they want to get in the 12 they're not in the 12 well they don't want to be part of the 400 they leave yes or no. And here's what I will tell you about friendship before I move on. That's not a bad thing. Don't, don't, don't get your heart all broken because of that. Okay? Here's why. Friends are seasonal. There are friends that are seasonal. I've got friends right now who are in my three. They were in my three. But because I moved to a different job, I don't spend time with them anymore. But I'm going to tell you, i got two guys right now. And I'm going to mention their name, and I love them to death. Larry Hill and Joe Muchagemba. These two coaches were my buddies. I could call them right now. I said, Larry, I need you. Where you at? And, I, and, and we, we, could, we haven't coached together for 25 years? 22. 20 years. We'll say 20. We haven't coached together for 20 years. But I could call Larry or Joe at any time, and they would drop everything. Because Larry and Joe, 
Those two were the closest guys I've ever been with in my entire life. I love everybody, but nobody comes close to those two. Nobody. And nobody ever will. Ever. Now, they were seasonal. And I'm so grateful to God that God put them in my life. And I'm so grateful that they put me in the three. I'm not in the three anymore, and they're not in my three anymore, but I carry them with me in every relationship I go. God brought them to my life. I'm telling you, proper friendship is a gift from God. So when you go to bed tonight, when you get on your knees today, you go back and think about all those friends that were seasonal and pivotal and important in your life, and you thank the Lord for them, and you write them a letter or send them a little text and just tell them that you love them and how important they were in your life. Could you do that this week? Please, I ask you to do that because you have to understand the value of friendship. Let me give you scripture. Intentional, because you're not intentional, you'll get in trouble. Unfriendly people care only about themselves. <laughs> Don't look at the person next to you. This is, this is a principle. It's in purple. They lash out at common sense. Unfriendly people don't want common sense. They want foolishness. Look at verse 24. There are friends who destroy each other. What? Time out. Time out. 30-second time out. There are friends who destroy each other. What's the Bible saying? They're not your friends. If they're your friends and they're destroying you, <laughs> out the door. You or them. Because if they were your friends, they're not going to destroy you. If they were your friends, they would bless you and encourage you and help you. So what it's saying, I love, I love the original Greek. It talks about there are companions. There are people who have many companions. And then here it is. But there's a real friend. There's a real friend that sticks closer than a brother. Isn't that good? Isn't that great wisdom? Because I would always go, man, I'm closer to you than I am to my brother. And it's not, I'm not knocking my brother. I just, my brother's moved somewhere else and, and we, we, we don't spend time together anymore. But you're like my brother. You're family to me. You're, you're a brother from a different mother. We say that all the time. We do. You, you, just, you just, man, we're, we're like from the same tribe. We're, we're from the same DNA. So, so is this blessing you so far? I hope it is. I hope you're writing stuff down. I hope you're remembering this because it's good stuff, okay? Truth number two. I like this one. Not only should you choose your friends intentionally, so have a strategy. Two, choose your friends wisely. Man, I'm going to say this, and you need to hear this because this is very, very important. Here's a principle, all right? I wrote this down. The people you come in closest contact with, the ones that you open your life to, hear me, they will have a greater influence in your life than your own family. Who you let in 
and who you start putting into the 12 and into the 3, they are going to influence your life more than your family. Now, here's a danger. Sometimes, let's use wisdom and foolishness, right? Sometimes they will tell you things that your family won't tell you. And so that's why you're attracted to them. Because they're telling you it's okay to do what you're doing when it's not okay to do what you're doing. But because they're telling you it's okay, you think they're encouraging you, what they're really doing is destroying you. Because they're not there to protect you. But because you like your freedom and you like what they're telling you, you're going to hang around them more. And now they are in your inner circle instead of your parents. And that's going to happen. Your pa parents love to, love to tell you this. You're not going to want to hear this. But we're not going to be in the inner circle anymore with our children as they get older. Somebody say amen to that. You don't like it. You don't like it. You don't like it. Oh, especially if you're Latina. You don't like it. Because you want to control everything. Sorry, 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 sorry. That's not in the Bible. That was just, ah, leave it alone. <laughs> you want to control, you want to control. We want to control. We want to control. And now your children, you're, you're losing them. I'm losing them. I'm losing them. Your parents lost you too. It is part of the process of life. Yes or no? It is. It just is. What you should be praying for is that when they get into the 12 and find the 3, that they're godly people. That's what you should be praying for. Okay? Because if they do then they'll reinforce the word that you're reading, and it's the word that they're reading. This is when it gets difficult, when they don't choose their friends wisely, and they start choosing these other people that tell them that they're right when they're not right. That's when you lose your sleep, right? There's a Japanese proverb that says, I can, I can tell your future by the lives of the people you hang around with. Your future is determined by the people you're hanging around with. So whoever you let in, that's what your future is going to look like. This is why kids, your mom and dads are losing their mind over you. They're losing their mind. You go, man, mom, and you go to church? Dad, you talk like that and you praise God with the same mouth? It's because of you, <laughs> right? It's this tension. It's this tension of there's going to be that separation. Go back to Proverbs, train a child in the way of the Lord, right? It's not a promise. It's a principle. Because good parenting doesn't guarantee that, that they're going to be with the Lord. It doesn't. It doesn't guarantee that. But good parenting is necessary for the pattern of their life to hopefully come back to the Lord. But when you make it a prince, a, a promise, and it doesn't happen, God broke his promise. No, you interpreted the Bible wrong. It's not your fault. I'm not here to, I'm not here to condemn you like, oh, you're going to go to jail. Oh, you're going to go to hell. No. You just, you just have to understand the distinction between a promise and a principle. All right. Man, I hope you're being blessed by this. So let me help you understand real quickly. I'm just going to give you just a, two minutes of my story, and then I'm going to get to truth number three, which is possibly the best truth of all. 
So I've had two levels of people, two different groups of people, not levels, two different groups. I've had a group of people who have said they wanted to be my friends, and they came in, and they were posers, leeches, and thieves. I'm just telling you right now. I'm just telling you right now. I'm talking from a 59-year-old man, right, who's experienced a lot of life. And I've had people who have come in to say they want to be my friend. They didn't want to be my friend. They just wanted to use me and use my influence. Those were posers. Then I had people who came in who said they wanted to be my friend, but what they wanted was my influence to make money out of it for themselves. And they wanted me to do something to promote this product, to promote this, so they could make money. Those were leeches. And when I said no, hey, where are you going? Hey, Chewy, come back. And then there were people who came in and said, I want to be your friend. And they stole everything from the church. Everything. I mean everything. We didn't even have a stapler left. We started with nothing. We didn't even have a name in the church. You remember we were called No Name Church for a while. But nothing. But those people said they were my friends. Hear me. Hear this principle. Choose your friends wisely. And don't be quick to make a friend. Friends are like fruit. I know that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Hear me. Let it ripen. Let it take time. Can you let the roots grow deep before you say, be my friend? That'll preach the rest of your life. Because then on the other side, I've got another group of friends who are really my friends. I've got a group of people over here that I call teammates. We're on the same team. We wear the same uniform. We go for the same goal. We listen to the same message, which is the word of God. And we're in it together. And we're, 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 we're one team with one heartbeat. And there's a unity there that's wonderful and lovely and beautiful. And then within the teams, I, I have friends. And those are the friends that multiply my joy and they divide my grief. Those are friends that, that have just... They encourage me and they love me and I appreciate them. Because when these people over here took and lied and used and left, they hung around. And they believed in me even though all these false rumors were said over here. I'll take those. Sorry. I'll take those friends to my grave, to my grave. I'm forever indebted to them. Oof. 
sorry, sorry. And then, and then within that, within that, there's a group of three. There's, there, there's a group of people that aren't, they're not just my friends. They're, they're my brothers. They're my family. Those are the ones that I don't, I don't hold anything back from. I don't hide anything. I, I reveal everything. And they still hang around. And they're an important part of my life. So you're going to guess wrong sometimes. You're going to choose wrong sometimes. But sometimes God will bring the right people in the middle of the wrong choices you make that will help heal you while you're being broken by this group over here. Could you give the Lord a praise offering for that? So I will tell you this, everyone will always give you their best foot the first time. So this is just a little extra, a little pilon, a little freebie. Don't marry someone thinking you can change her or him. That has nothing to do with it. It's just I'm totally on the side. It's just a little extra sauce on the taco, okay? Don't think, so here's, here's the problem with that, right? Oh, you so want to be in love so bad. You'll settle for the Grinch or Sasquatch. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> But you will. You think, I'm going to change him. Oh, you're in so much trouble. All right, I'm getting off of that. I'm getting off of that. We're talking about friends. We're talking about friends. All right, let me go to Scripture because at the end of the day, I can talk and it doesn't mean anything if it's not backed up by Scripture. All right? It doesn't mean a thing if it's not backed up by Scripture. Proverbs 13, 20 says this. Walk with the wise and become what? Wise. Choose your friends wisely. Associate with fools. And you will get in trouble. Can a man go there? We've lived that. We've done that. But here's the problem. Time out. Nobody taught you the word. Nobody gave you this wisdom. This is why the word of God and the book of God, the truth of God is more important than my feelings. This is why, again, I said it last week and I'll say it again, the truth is my engine and my feelings are my caboose. Because my feelings, if I put them in front and the word of God behind, they're going to take me down a bad place because feelings do not have intellect. They do not think. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not, no, when I'm going through something really bad or someone comes to me and, and they, they want advice, all right, let's take your feelings and move them back here and take the word of God and let's go here. This is, this is what's going to take you to protection and blessing. If you trust your feelings, then you're going to be in trouble. So friends and feelings will get you in trouble. Go back to the word of God. The word of God is the answer. Look at Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25. Because remember, choose your friends wisely. Don't, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people. Or you will learn to be like them. And you'll endanger your soul. Can't wait to talk about family next week. Hey, bring your family, by the way. It'll be good. I can't guarantee there won't be a fist fight in a parking lot. I promise you that. But we do have security. Junior, could you come up? <laughs> That's too funny. 
All right, I'm going to close with possibly my favorite truth of all. Truth number three. Guard your friends carefully. So choose your friends intentionally. Have a strategy. Choose your friends wisely. Be careful. And then once you've got them, guard them. I'm going to show you how to guard your friends, and then I'm going to show you how to be a friend. And I'll close with that. Is that okay? Oh, this is good stuff. How to guard your friends. Three principles. Okay, the first one is this. Be sensitive to their time. Don't overstay your welcome. Don't come knocking on the door every week. Especially dinner time, Frank. At the especially on their time. Hey, what are we having for dinner today? Hey, why, no one invited you, dude. <laughs> but we're friends, and we're not anymore. <laughs> I'm moving you to the 400 instead of this. But, but but seriously, be be sensitive to their time. Love your friends, but give them space. If you want to guard your friendship, really. Don't always be the first one to make a phone call. That doesn't mean either one of you is going to call. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, hey, if, if you're over-demanding and overbearing, you're going to lose a friend. And if you've got a really good friend, guard that. Be sensitive to their time. Don't, don't be a busybody that's always calling them, that's always bothering them, that's always texting them, that's always just just... Just, just, just don't. Let, 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 let the Holy Spirit direct that and guide that and protect that and appreciate that and, and value that. Because if you've chosen intentionally and you've chosen wisely, do everything you can to go, hey, make sure we're not a nuisance in your life. We want to we multiply your joy and divide your grief. Not, 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 now that we're closer, we want to divide your joy and multiply your grief. No, we, we don't want to do that. So that's the first one. That's a good one to learn. The, the second one I'll tell you is be sensitive to their feelings. Sometimes, I've seen this. <clears throat> Sometimes if you've got a friend that's got their heart broken and you want to cheer them up, sometimes the worst thing you can do is cheer them up. What do I mean by that? Let me explain. So if they're, if they're broken and they're going through grief or they're going through struggle, me coming in and singing the happy song, it's not going to help them. It's like, dude, are you serious? You want to sing Kumbaya right now? I don't want to sing Kumbaya. I don't. I, you want to do the chicken song? I don't want to do the chicken song right now. I'm hurting. You understand what I'm saying? The Bible says, <laughs> weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. So be sensitive to their feelings. If they say, hey, I need, to, I need to be alone right now, I get it. I get it. There's times that you have to, but I'm going to use one of my favorite guys I've ever coached, Justin Robinson. I've, I've shared this story before. Justin Robinson, when he left and he went to Duke, there was, there was a player on the Duke team. I'm not going to mention his name. Really good player. Played in the league. <clears throat> but 
was going through a tough time. They'd lost a game, and it was his reason that they lost, and it's never his reason. It's never one person's reason. But within the last minute, he made a bad play that determined the outcome of a game, but nobody remembers the first 10 plays of the game that kind of helped contribute to that. He was the guy that had to be stuck with the ball at the end, right? And, and he lost the game. And when he lost the game, it was a really tough, it was a really tough moment. <clears throat> and they get in the locker room, and the coach is leaving. He tells the players, but limit, he tells all of his teammates, he's the only senior that year, nobody talk to me. Everybody stay away from me. I need to be alone. So everybody honored that, except Justin Robinson. Justin Robinson goes to his, to, to, to his dorm, knocks on the door. He opens it. What? And Justin's got pizza. He's got pizza. He lets him in. They sit down. Justin doesn't say a word to him. They eat pizza. They play video games. When they finish with the pizza, when they finish with the games, Justin left. On banquet day, he's the only senior who's going to talk. When he gets up and talks, he talks about the guy who never said a word, was right there. That's beautiful. Be that friend. Wisdom says, be that friend. And finally, be sensitive to their time. Be sensitive to their feelings. The final one is be faithful and protect their transparency. Hear me on this. <clears throat> when you have a great friend and they're willing to take off the mask and share with you what they're really struggling with and they tell you something that's, wow, never knew that, but they love you enough to open their heart and say, look, when I was young, I did this. Protect that. It's one of those, what happens in Vegas, y'all been there, stays in Vegas. Okay, now I know. We give backpacks to kids, but we spend our money in gambling in Vegas. <laughs> and it, starts. it stays in Vegas. The river rule. You ever been to camps and retreats? What, what, what is said on this side of the river stays on this side of the river. You don't come back and go, you know what, brother, so-and-so? No. Because if you do that, you'll break trust. And when you break trust, you break lives. <sighs> Let me give you a scripture. Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are destructive blaze. A, trouble, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Gossip. Can I tell you something about gossip? 
he or she who gossips to you gossips of you. Uh, there, there's, there's, two, there's two guarantees that you'll never be my friend. There's two. Well, three. One, if, if you're negative, pfft, you, I'm, I got no time for negativity. Two, if you're a gossip, if you gossip to me about someone, we're done. We're done. All right, good luck. Go find someone else. And three, if you like the Cowboys, <laughs> I like you. I like you. I like you. Said to throw the third one in there. I'm so bad. Verse 29, violent people mislead their companions. Violent people mislead their companions, leading them down a harmful path. Guard your friends. Choose them intentionally. Choose them wisely. There is a friend that sticks closer than any brother, and that friend is Jesus. He sticks closer than any brother. Friends will tell you, I'll be with you till death. I'll be your friend until death. Jesus says, I'll be your friend and I'll be with you even past death. That's Jesus. He's the best friend you'll ever have. He's my best friend. He's my number one. My wife's my number two. But he's my number one. I always talk to him. I always listen to him. I always sing to him. I always love him. I always look for him. I seek his guidance. I seek his wisdom. I seek his beauty. Can't have enough of him. And I pray that you cannot have enough of him. Could you bow your heads? <sighs> Father, I pray for anybody here today that doesn't have Jesus as their friend. Maybe today's message was tough for some of us because some of us have made wrong choices with friends and they've misled us or they've betrayed us or they've hurt us or they've taken things from us. But Jesus hasn't. Jesus will never lead you astray. If there's anybody here who's never given their life to Christ, that would like to say, I want, I want Jesus to be my Lord, to be my Savior, to be my King, to be my champion, to be my best friend. I want, I want to give my life to Him. Could you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here today? Right there. Right there. Right here. Right there. Deacons, please see these. Here, there, here, there. Father, I pray for I pray for those people that raise their hands. They're not going to live a perfect life. They're going to make mistakes. But they call you their Lord and their Savior today because they need your friendship. 
that you're gonna ne- you're gonna never leave them, that you're gonna be by their side all the time. You're not gonna make life perfect for them here on this ur- this world, but you will be a perfect friend and you will be for them and with them the rest of their lives. And the first person they will see on the other side of death is you. Because today they commit Christ to be you, Jesus, to be their Lord. Lord, I pray that as Christ, as you're calling them, as as God, you're calling them to you, that they learn that they were, that they're born sinners who have become saints through Christ, that they learn that they they believe in you and learn what the belief in that looks like, Father, that as they believe in you and trust in you, they will lean on you, that they confess with their mouth that you are their Lord, you are their Savior be saved. Ooh. God, thank you for, for wisdom. On another note, I pray for those people right now that, that are struggling with the wrong friends. With all, all heads bowed and all eyes closed, if you have right now friends in your life that are not leading you down the right path and you need, you need us to pray for you, just raise your hand. We want to pray for you. Bless you bless you, bless you, bless you honesty, I love it, honesty, bless you and transparency. Father, those here that are, that are, that have the, the wrong friends in their life, Father, we pray that you replace the wrong friends in their life and that you bring them godly friends. Friends that love you. Friends that are there to help multiply their joy and divide their grief. Now, Lord, on we transition now into worship. Now as we worship you, Lord, we're going to worship you with giving, with offering, the gifts that we have here through, through by passing the plate. But we're also going to worship you, Lord, with song. So as we come, as, as, we, as we break from this prayer and we give to you, we sing to you, we empty ourselves to you for gratitude. Thank you for what you've done. We pray that you bless this offering in Jesus' name. <laughs> 